Okay, got it. Ready? <clears throat> You're listening to Paul Elmore. Paul Elmore. <laughs> Shh. Remember what we're doing tonight? This is what we're doing. By the end of this series, you will no longer be limited by the toxic stories you've been telling yourself, and you'll know exactly how to do that thing that's been scaring the crap out of you. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Does that sound good to anybody? Looking forward to that. Looking forward to doing something that you've been afraid to do? It's not a bad way to spend a Monday night. How do we do that? Anyone remember? Last week? How do we do that primarily? We need people on our, on our side who do not have preconceived opinions or limiting attitudes about us. What did I call them? The guide. You have to find the guide. And we looked at the importance of the guide in story. Because again, we have toxic stories that limit us and keep us stuck. And so if we're going to start writing a better story, we better have all the characters in the story who are going to make the story successful. Shouldn't we? So we need to have a guide. We need to have a Gandalf or we need to have a Dumbledore. We need to have a Yoda in our life. Some of you are going to be a Yoda. That's an interesting promise, okay? So we need to have people. I actually said strangers last time. Clarification on that. You actually can have people who know you. They don't have to be total strangers. You don't have to, you don't have to find someone off the street, okay? They can actually be people who know you, but they've got to be people who aren't bought into your system yet. They have to be people who still have an objective perspective of you. So we need to have people on our side who do not have a preconceived opinion or limiting attitude about us and then finally from there that's not enough luke skywalker can't go to dagobah is that it okay thank you i'm learning okay um can't go to dagobah and meet yoda and then go hey nice to meet you had a nice time in the swamp have a good day he has to do one more thing he has to do the stuff that made him uncomfortable what did he have to do he had to confront his father. He had to do what Yoda said. Remember that whole scene of trying to lift the X-Wing fighter? Is that what it's called? An X-Wing fighter out of the swamp, trying to balance rocks while he's doing handstands and all that. He has to practice. He actually has to do the stuff, and it was not comfortable. It was not easy. It wasn't all the stuff he already knew how to do. It's a very simple recipe. And sometimes I think that the simplest recipes we actually have the most objection to, we have the hardest time with, because they go, it's so simple. It, it, it should have more to it. If it doesn't have more to it, then I'm getting kind of cheated here. There's actually um, in, something called the thump factor for people who produce materials and you know, create workbooks and create um, courses and programs and stuff like that. It's called a thump factor. And this is in the old days when you actually printed stuff and you put it in the mail and you mailed it to people, like a, like a, um, uh, what's the a, what's a word? It's old school. Um, correspondent school. That's what it's called. Boy, I haven't used that term in a long time. Correspondent school. And if you got a binder and the binder had a lot of papers in it and you dropped it and it had a bigger thump to it, people actually believed that they were getting more value. So people would put all sorts of stuff in it. I actually don't believe that that's necessary. You can have something that's very simple, very streamlined, very minimalistic, but doing it, practicing it, putting it, in, implementing it into your life, 
that is where mastery happens. I always say to my clients, um, the best carpenters, the best carpenters don't have a whole ton of tools. They have six, maybe seven really good, really high quality, really worn tools that they carry on their tool belt. All they need is a good saw, a good hammer, a really good tape measure, right? A good chisel. And with that, they can do 95% of their job and they can do it elegantly. You can make beautiful finished carpentry or build a house with six simple tools. That's all I'm going to give you. Now the chance is, now you get a chance to build that birdhouse that you can do at Home Depot with your kids. You can show up and you can sit down with the class and here's all the wood and you can cut it with a little saw and then you walk with a birdhouse. You guys are going to build birdhouses. Let's do that. Um, do, 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 do. Remember the process from week one? Anyone remember that? Here's the process we're going through. You're going to identify what you want. Remember doing that week one? What was it that you wanted to dream about? Anyone get clarification on the dream that they wanted? You're actually able to say, I think I want to do this. Is that new information? You can actually raise your hand or say I or something like that. Did you get, were you able to clarify what you wanted? Okay, three of you. This is a great night. Thank you very much. Okay, after that you have to identify the obstacle that's in your way. What is actually keeping you? What is the limiting belief? What is the toxic story that's in the way? And then, are you willing to share with the group? Are you going to be able to find your guide, the person who's going to give you new skill set? Are you going to risk doing what they say? And then are you going to be willing to report back to the group? That's the recipe, over and over and over again. And that is what we're doing tonight. But before we do that, I want to, I'm not that short. Hold on a second. Raise that up a little bit. There we go, I can see it now. Um, I've been getting some questions, um, and I want to do some clarification and answer a couple of these questions real fast. And the biggest one I've been getting so far in the first two weeks has to do with limiting beliefs versus real limitations. I believe that this, I wish that this series could say, if you just think hap hard enough, if you think happy thoughts, you can have anything you want in life. That's the Dorothy principle. Click your heels three times and you can have anything you want. It doesn't work that way. So, limiting beliefs versus real limitations. Each of us has genuine limits that are actually permanent and unalterable in our lives. For instance, physical limitations. We, we have physical limitations. So that could be something like height. There are some things that short people can't do, and there are some things that tall people can't do. I really like the auto show, the Portland auto show that comes every January, into January. Anyone else enjoy good auto shows? Man, they're a lot of fun. Mazda, the little Mazda um, MX, uh, MX-5, which is kind of the newer version of the Miata, okay? Fantastic, beautiful lines, reasonably priced, gorgeous. Same with the BMW X3, um, Z3s and Z4s and Z8s now, okay? Sorry, this is just what I like. I'll let you get, get involved. Beautiful cars, I can't fit in them. I'm too tall. So even though I love them, I'll never be able to drive them, which kind of stinks. 
so I have to drive a bigger car. So we have physical limitations that just make it difficult or impossible for things to do. Something like height, something like blindness. There are certain things blind people can't or shouldn't do. For instance, from the Chicago Tribune, April 18th, 1985, Chesapeake Bay, Virginia. Police arrested a 24-year-old man, blind man, let me clarify that, police arrested a 24-year-old blind man Tuesday who apparently decided it was safer for him to drive than his intoxicated female companion. Patrolman R.L. Farney stopped a car that was weaving across three lanes of highway. Inside were Mark Daniels, age 24, of Portsmouth, who was wearing dark glasses, and his passenger, Kelly Pelton, age 20. I didn't believe him at first, Farney said. I asked him, why was he driving if he was blind? He told me the girl he was driving home was drunker than he was. The officer said, Daniels told him the girl had been giving him directions as they drove home from a Virginia Beach tavern at 3 a.m. At least she was giving him directions. Should blind people drive? Can blind people drive on their own safely? There are physical limitations that no matter what you believe, no matter what you hope, no matter your belief system doesn't change anything, that you are blind and you shouldn't be behind the wheel of a car because you can't do it safely. We have to accept those limitations. And then there is um, a timing limitation. I actually call it timing limitations. What in the world is a timing limitation? So, for instance, um, I got a 14-year-old who, in about six months, he's going to be 15. What's he going to start doing when he's 15? Getting a driver's permit. Can you get a driver's permit when you're 12 in the state of Oregon? No. You can't legally drive before a certain age. And before then, if you are driving, you might be able to do it competently. You might have learned how to do that. Um, but legally, you can't do it. There's a timing limitation which says no matter what you believe, no matter what you hope, no matter what you think, you shouldn't be driving before that age. And again, legally. So timing limitations and physical limitations are, are two things that limiting beliefs aren't, aren't aren't what those are. Those are actual limitations. You have, to, you have to accept those limitations rather than try to fight against them. Is that making sense so far? Um, now, the bigger question is, how do you determine the difference? How do you determine if what you are thinking, the, the limitation you feel in your head, is an actual limitation or if it's just a belief that can actually be changed? Well, there's a couple ways to test real quickly. Have others been able to do it? You can simply ask that question. Have others been able to do it? So we looked at Michael Phelps last time. If you're going, I'm not so sure I can become an Olympic swimmer. Well, let's ask a question. Can it be done by a human being? Sure, it can. You can actually learn how to swim. You can learn how to get in the pool. You can devote the number of hours and time and energy. You can hire a coach. It's possible for anyone to learn how to swim. And you just have to determine, are you willing to spend the time, the energy, the effort? But it's actually possible. There's no physical limitation that keeps you from, from willing, being willing to do that. Um, who's this guy? Elon Musk. 
What's he started? Tesla, yes. What did he do before Tesla? PayPal. PayPal. He's the guy is why you can buy stuff on Amazon. That's how he funded all this stuff. SpaceX, you've seen that one? Launching the rocket, get rid of the thing, and then they land the booster. Like a, they say it's equivalent to launching a pencil over the Empire State Building and then landing it on its eraser again. Super cool. You should watch it. First time he's been, it's been done. This guy, and the Solar City, he's trying to change how electricity and, and housing and power and everything else goes like that. This guy, he can do just doing a lot of stuff. We're not going to look at his personal life. That might be also questionable in other areas. But when it comes to getting stuff done, can we get the stuff done? Yeah, we could do some of those things. So is it possible? The question is, the answer is yes. We can all start something. We can come up with a great idea and try to launch it. Now the question is, are we, again, are we willing to spend the time, energy, and effort that these guys have spent to make that happen? That's your first determinant is, is it going to be a limiting belief or is it an actual limitation that you are facing? Um, Second one, does it defy established laws of nature? What in the world does that mean? Does it defy established laws of nature? Is, it, uh, is the limiting belief just a belief or is it an actual limitation? To answer that, I wanted to watch this from Kevin Richardson. Anyone know that name, Kevin Richardson? Wow, very good. This will be fun. So they're about 10 years old now? They are. Exactly. She turned 10 on uh, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So anyway, let's see if they come. I'm sure she will. You want us to stay in the car? Obviously. Can you do this? Yeah, sure. Maggie! Can this is a video of Kevin Richardson who uh, works with wild lions Maggie. in Africa. And what you can't yeah, see comes. is him crawling out of a Jeep right now while all the cameramen stay in the car. And uh, he stands there while uh, two wild lions come running up to him and embrace him in what could only be described oh, as an affectionate that. hug. Slowly, slowly, and then he goes slowly. on in this video to describe the relationship he's had with these lions for years and years and years. If you want to see oh, this actual wow. video clip, go to paulelmore.com. On the top of the page, click on resources, scroll down to podcasts find unlimited episode number three and i'll have a link to this video that you can watch it at your leisure let's just go Enjoy. back a bit Saw that coming towards you what would you would you hug it my gosh it's got to be 800 pounds sitting on right there look at that chum scratch they're very happy content cats this is a longer if video I edited it down right a little now, bit would come up the lion whisperer would would come up and there'd be more than likely several pictures oh. of me doing pretty much 
<laughs> There'd be several pictures of me pretty much doing what I'm doing now. They've never bitten. People go, well, how do you know that one day is one day, you know? I've seen people with incredible relationships and it ends in tears. Because I know them, I don't react. So I've almost learned to detune my reaction. Slowly. But you tell somebody, don't react. And then I and then the thing goes like wow. Megan Amy, since the day, you know, literally they opened their eyes, they were jumping on me. People said, when they get to a certain age, it's, you're going to have to stop that. You know, they just got bigger and bigger and bigger. The most incredible thing about them is how we met. I know their mother intimately, and she didn't want to look after them. Picks them up by the scruffs of their necks and dumps them in the water bin. I grabbed them out the water and hand raised them. No two lions are the same. Those are wild lions, by the way. And then this is what everyone else has to do. What you hear in the background is a couple cameramen who have this huge metal cage around them uh, that they have to pick up and carry and drag around so that they can get the really nice. footage the of Kevin of laying around with these lions. Um, but they have to be in this cage right to keep themselves this. safe. So that's the kind of the clanking noise you hear in the background. <laughs> Those are the cameramen. How about uh, their personalities? Like they have such a cartoonish uh, like face and character. So people generally see a, a friendly side and they go, ah, and it, it lulls people into this false sense of security. security. Yeah. It's a hyena. I watch those videos and I go, I want to play with lions too. Oh, look at the big pussy cats. That would be fun. That would go against the laws of nature. That would be foolish. Can we agree on that? So, why was he able to do this? Did you hear that in the video? Why was he able to have that kind of relationship with these lions? He raised them since birth, since they opened their eyes. That's a unique relationship that none of us, unless, has anyone had a chance to go live in Africa and do that with wild lions? Okay, so I'm going to make a broad assumption. Here in Portland, none of us in this room have had a chance to go and have that type of relationship with lions. So that is out of our possibility, again, unless we are willing to pick up, move to Africa, find a, a lioness who doesn't want to raise her cubs, and we get to raise them, and then 10 years from now we can be that guy sitting in the safari getting big hugs from giant cats. It's a unique situation, but when we look at that from the outside, we go, I want to have his life too. That would be, uh, that would be unwise. That would be foolish. We need to carry the cage around like the cameraman and sit down and go, these, these things will have me for lunch. When they come running at me, it's not to give me a hug. It's to say, dinner, awesome, 
that's great. And if you run like I would, it's more fun for them. I'm not going to do it. In fact, there was another guy, Timothy Treadwell. Familiar with that name at all? Timothy Treadwell. Um, he actually called himself the grizzly man, and he went out and tried to live with grizzly bears. Um, and him and his girlfriend ended up being killed by them because he defied what the laws of nature was, and he didn't have the same kind of relationship that, that the first guy had with the lions, and so it becomes foolish. So there are some things that you need to look at going, is what I'm trying to do going against natural laws? Same thing with, like, gravity. Again, I know these are obvious examples, but I want you to be aware of, of what we're talking about here. You want to pay attention to the established laws that are created because they're there to keep you safe. Running away from lions, which is what exactly my, my heart and my brain would be telling me to do, is designed to keep me safe. Listen to that. Don't get out of the car in the first place. That's the wiser thing to listen to. But, um, So again, how do you determine if it's a limiting belief or it's a genuine limitation in your life? Have others been able to do it? Does it defy established laws of nature? And is the belief or the message of the story you're being given... Is it based on informed opinion? Operative word is informed right there. Is it based upon informed opinion? You guys have heard the parable of the, of the three blind men. This one has a few more uh, trying to describe an elephant. One person grabs just the tail and says, oh, an elephant is like a rope. One person grabs just the trunk and says, oh, it's like a snake. Or one person grabs the leg. An elephant is like a tree or a wall or a spear or a fan. When you only have limited information and someone is speaking into your life saying, this is how reality is, is their opinion informed? I have to tell my clients all the time when they're going through something difficult, when they're going through something hard, they are going to get lots of people's feedback into their life. A lot of people have opinions about what you are going through and what you should or shouldn't do. Some people can't help it. They love to tell you their opinion, and they love to try to help by instructing or by guiding or by critiquing or by sending you to somewhere to, to find the answer. And I have to tell my clients all the time, only, only, only listen to the people who have all the information. Because if you only have part information, they're going to steer you wrong. Their opinion is going to be skewed in some way, and they're going to start giving an inaccurate story into your life. So you want to make sure you are selective in who you are allowing to speak into your life, that informed opinion part. And... Is that person credible? Do they actually have credibility to be able to speak into your, into your life? It's really, really funny when somebody who's never, ever worked on a car, ever worked on a car, and I worked on a lot of cars, and I'm going, man, my car's running funny. And they give you the very first, they, they only know one word. It's the exhaust. <laughs> or it's the carburetor, or it's the horn. The horn's broken, that's why your car's not running right. They, they're not credible because they're not a mechanic. 
You have to make sure that the person who's talking to you has credibility in the topic that they are offering um, advice into. And then finally, do they have your best interest in mind? So there's a lot of people who go, man, you have a problem. I have a solution. Guess what? It only costs you $39.95. Do they have your best interest in mind? Or could there possibly be some ulterior motives in their recommendation? So, do you know that they have positive intent? Do they have your best interest in mind? That's how you determine if the limiting belief, the story that you're wrestling with, is actually uh, an actual limitation that you need to honor and learn how to accept, or if it's something that you need to challenge and see if you can overcome. Are those two kind of categories clear? There was some confusion on, on some of those things. Any, any questions about any of that so far? Curious if you've... Any thoughts? Because I had actually lots of people come up with questions afterwards. I thought I'd give a chance right now. If not, we'll keep going. All right. Then, all right, hold on. Are we going to try this, Chelsea? You think it's going to, hello, hello? It, does it work? Yes, it does. All right. Huh? Yeah, it's right in there. Here we go, catch. Perfect. Is this working? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, just an obvious question. Um, obviously, most of us are not experts. Uh, so, uh, you know, w when we have to make a choice, we try to figure out who the, somebody that fits the description you've just mentioned, you know, somebody who's qualified in that field. Yes. But we're not qualified, so it can be tricky to, for us to make that kind of uh, determination, you know? Yes. So I want a good mechanic. So, um, yes. you know, uh, this guy says he has a, he says he's a master mechanic, he says, and he's got the diploma hanging on the wall. And, and I went to a friend and a friend said he was good, you know, and. Yeah. But you don't really know, do you? you no. Can, yeah. The solution? Yelp, yelp.com. That's how you find out. Um, just like the guide principle, what's actually happened recently with specifically online stuff, but it's been happening for decades and decades and hundreds and hundreds of years, is the trust factor. When you buy a product on Amazon, I don't know about you, I look at how many little stars or how many reviews or how many thumbs up. I actually pay attention to that, and that actually sways my, am I the only one that that sways my opinion? Tell me there's others that that, thank you, very... That, actually, they have found out is better than descriptions you put in there, better than pictures you put in there. And so people covet, covet positive reviews, and they'll do anything they can. Um, it's actually helped improve customer service. eBay, if you have a really low rating, it's like people don't buy from you anymore, and people try to make it right in hopefully reasonable ways because they, they realize bad reviews, bad bad. Um, input from other users will completely kill their business. But we've been doing this for years and years and years. We just didn't have the medium, the online technology to do that. But you do that because it's called borrowed trust. If I already trust you and I don't have the time, energy, or knowledge of, 
of who to trust in this area because I trust you. I'm going to borrow your, your experience with them and I have to take a risk. Sometimes you get burned, but that is predominantly how we make decisions. Rarely is it, again, based on pure logic and factual information. We're borrowing people's trust all the time, all the time. That's how you can find typically um, more qualified people. Now, you also have to, again, take the risk and make the assessment for yourself, but that means you have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to, to try something, and if it doesn't work, go, it didn't work. I'm willing to, to, to move on and find somebody else. I don't have to get it right the first time. Man, I get, I get hung up on that all the time. It's that concept of, I, I, I just don't want to keep looking again. I'm so tired. I just want to find the person. And so I, I want to just find the person, the right, the right person the first time. Who can that be? And actually that fear of not getting it right the first time, more often than not, keeps me from actually making the decision. So I don't actually put myself out there and I don't try. So I have to be willing to... to try people on. Is that, a, is that okay to say? I actually tell people that in counseling. Counseling's like dating, not in a, an ethical sort of way, but you have to find someone that you can r resonate with, that you can feel comfortable with. And I can be a really good counselor, you can be a really good person, but if our personalities don't jive, or there's something weird going on, it's just not a good fit. We need to be able to call that out earlier rather than later and say, I just, I just, I don't feel the connection. I don't think we clicked we're going to break up. You can move on. And I actually tell my clients when I'm first meeting them, I don't expect you to trust me after one session. I, that would be silly. You don't know me. How can you make a decision after 50 minutes? So it's okay to be skeptical for a while until you get to know me. Try other people on. Give them a call. See how they talk on the phone. See if they, how they can relate to you. We have to try and be willing to fail. So even as you, some of you look for a guide in this process right now, you might not find the guide that fits with you. Is that okay? Are we able to go into that and go, um, let's try each other on and see if it works, and if it doesn't, then we'll look for other people. No hard feelings. Does that sound okay? It's a good question, though, because it's not easy to find trusted individuals. Any other questions? And then we're going to get started. What is the capital of Nebraska? <laughs> Any other questions? Um, here's what I'd like to ask then. Here's the recipe that we're using again. Identify what you want. Identify the obstacle in your way. And we're going to stay on the next two. And that's all we're going to do tonight, if that's all right. We're going to share with the group. And we're going to help a couple people find their guide so that they can start risking and doing what they say and seeing if we can actually get some change to happen. I wish I could share the stories people have been telling me, but they're not my stories to share. But in this room right now, I know there are people who have been learning things about where some of these toxic messages got started. They're starting to challenge them. Some of, them are, some of you are starting to dream and go, I actually think I'd want this, but I've never been allowed to want something like that. I've been given the stories. Are some of you willing, is one of you willing to come and, and share 
what you'd want? Are you willing to identify the obstacle or that toxic story that's in your way, the limiting belief that you have? And then together we're going to see if we can clarify what you're looking for and see if we can find you a guide in this room. I don't know if there's going to be one. I can't promise that. But we're going to see if that's going to be possible. And if there's not someone in the room, we'll help you find another way to find a guide. Is there anyone who's willing to put themselves out there and share that story? Are you willing? Would you come up, please? Thank you so much. Fantastic. Hi. Hi. I'm Paul. Hi, Paul. I'm JC. JC, nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for being willing to come up and stand. I'm going to put this over here. What is the thing that you have identified that you want to have in your life finally? Um, I'd, I'd like to be able to uh, get a job that, where I can be financially independent and make my own way, not be dependent. Fantastic. That's a mm -hmm. big one. How long have you been wanting to do that? Um, a long time, but now I have to. I'm getting a divorce. So. Yeah. What is the obstacle that is in your way? What's the limiting belief that's making that harder? Um, I'm, I'm concerned that I'm not, I'm not someone that can be counted on. You're not someone who can be counted on. Mm -hmm. If we look at this thing, remember that thing from week one? Were you here week one? Mm -hmm. So we're on the bottom two. Is that a belief that feels true, or is that a conviction that not only do you think it's true, you actually defend it? You try to convince people that you are someone who can't be counted on. Which category? Well, I, uh, it's probably a belief, because okay. my kids counted on me, and I did spectacularly. You were able to make that happen. Yeah. Nicely done. Thank you. Where do, whose opinion do you think, where did that belief get started? Um, well, um, somewhere along the way, I picked up this label that I put on myself, that I'm a flake. That you're a flake? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. How long? Um, I remember that from, um, well, I was married for 29 years, so. A long time. That everyday kind of thing. Was that a message that was being reinforced by uh, a spouse, or was that a message that was being reinforced by yourself? Um, or both? It was probably both. Okay. Yeah. Is it was kind of like, oh, an artist, roll the eyes. Oh, so yeah, so you yeah. actually are labeled the artist, which are flaky to begin with. Yeah. All artists are flaky. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's... It's dangerous to say that in this room, because... <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, were you, were you a flaky artist before you were married? You remember um, that message? I probably had trouble being on time, hmm. but I think I worked pretty hard at it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and the only jobs I could get were like retail or... Got it. Things I wasn't really suited for selling things. Artists aren't good salesmen. I'm not saying they're not good salesmen. Some of them are very good salesmen. Are you a good salesman artist? I can sell other people's stuff. 
are you a good salesman artist of your own stuff? I'm... What are you picking up right there? <laughs> if she says yes, how many of you believe that right there? <laughs> Feel that hesitancy there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that limiting belief. That's just palpable, isn't it? Yeah. It's tangible right there. Right. So, can I ask you even more personal questions? Sure. How much do you want to make? Do well, you have a number? I, I need to make, well, how much do I want to yes. make? Yes. How much do I want to make? Are you willing to, to, in front of this group, say, this is the dollar amount I want to make each year? Not need, want. Do you even know that number? Well, I... Uh, <laughs> It might turn me into a Republican, but um, I mean, I, I could do nicely on 200K a year, sure. Do you notice what happens in your body when you say 200K? Does your body believe that? Mm. I'm worth $200,000. I can't imagine anything I would do that would make me worth that. Yeah. Um, are you worth... 26,000 a year. I've never made more than 14,000 a year. Got it. So how does 26,000 a year feel? Not enough. Not enough. Okay. Poverty. Are you worth 26,000? As a human being? As a human being, as someone who has to provide for themselves. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. At least. I, yeah. Okay. Let's turn out here and look for a second. Help okay. me evaluate what her body just said. How, how, is she worth $26,000? What, what did you get non-verbally from her? Does she believe she's worth $26,000? <laughs> no. Yeah, so I think everyone's saying that we can see that you want it, you need it, but we're, you're not, not even worth that. Yeah, okay. I, I need to make 50K just to... Pay Float for the my bills. mortgage, yeah. Got it. So we know where the number is you have to make, mm -hmm. but even half of that, there's that, it's called a set point, okay? Yeah. We're going to come back to that set point concept in a second, but at 26K, mm -hmm. you're not even worth that. Are you worth $20,000? Yes. Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> I felt that differently. Did you feel that differently? Yes. Okay, are you worth 22000 Yes. Okay. Are you worth 30000 Yes. Okay. That's above 26000 Are you worth... Um, how many hours do you have to work to make 30000 Well, that, that would have to be full-time. That's more than minimum wage, so... Okay. Real quickly, mm -hmm. someone pull out a calculator. 30000 a year divided by 12 divided by uh, 40. 20, 28? By 2,080 hours? Man, I love guys who know this. Wow. 2, 000, so 30,000 divided by 2,080. That's Okay. What is it? Are you worth $14 an hour? I've made 25 an hour. So, yeah. 25 times 2,000, someone with the calculator? 52,000? So right there, you've, you've got it covered. You were making what you were worth. Did you know that? No. How about that? Okay. Do you feel your body going, wow, I'm surprised by that? 
So apparently, this isn't a, I hope it can happen. You've already been doing it. Now we just got to figure out how to do that again. Well, uh, what, what's hanging me up? Great. This is why we're doing it. Is um, I don't have an advanced degree. And um, um, by the time I got done with one, I'll be in my 60s. Yes. Okay. Do you know what you want to do? I, I'd like to get my master's in theater and teach acting and directing and God. direct shows. And wow. Okay. And you have to have a master's to do that? Yeah. That's required. At a, at a university level, yeah. Got it. Okay. Because you like teaching or because you like theater? Both. I like being in charge. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. I think a lot of us do. How do you want to be in charge? In theater and in charge means what? You're directing plays, you are promoting plays, you are up on stage as the lead actor, actress? I'm... I have my vision and... And part of that is helping everybody do the best they can to achieve it. Got it. Didn't answer the question, though. Oh, what That's was okay. the question? What yeah. role? Again, you like to be in charge. Yeah. That's why I'm not trying to be an actor anymore. Got it. I'm not in charge. Got it. Actors typically have to take direction from a direct door. And that's fine, but mm. I hate not being able to decide where my next paycheck is coming from. Got so. it. So you want to you have stability of paycheck. Yeah. You also want to do something creative. Yeah. In theater. In theater, or I also do ceramics. Okay. And you want to make at least $50,000 a year doing it, which means you have to be making $25 an hour if you're working a 40-hour work week, if you're getting paid hourly. Right. Okay. Any other information we should know about what you want? About what I want? Um, I, I want to I put other artists to work. I'm sorry, you want to put other? I, I want to be able to employ other artists. Got it. How? Um, <clears throat> well, my dream job. Oh, so now feel her shift again right there. My dream job is? Is to be working all over the world finding artists who I can um, pull onto my team and travel and um, just have the best people in the world to work with. Doing the best art. Doing the best art. And you are promoting their art so that well, they are making a living and providing for their family and putting a roof over their head? Well, uh, sort of as an apprentice kind of thing, yeah. An apprentice I, under you. Okay, my dream job. I would like to make monumental works of art. Okay, there, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How hard was that to actually say that? That was scary. Why? There you go. Because 
Because I'm incompetent. Oh, man. I'm so sorry that that message feels so real. <laughs> yeah. You want to make massive pieces of art. Yeah, big public works of art. All right. I'm told those people do pretty well. And they employ hundreds of people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure you know this. Portland is a pretty good town to want to be an artist in and to make stuff. You're aware of that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's... Do you know what kind of guide you are looking for? If you could wave your magic wand, what would the guide do for you? Um, I could... I could just be an apprentice and just learn everything that they have and go from one artist to another until I know I have all my skills yeah. that I need. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to go to school. Maybe I'd rather just be doing it. Yeah. I am so thankful and so honored you are willing up here in front of everybody mm -hmm. to risk saying something that looks like it scared the crap out <laughs> of you. Yeah. What do you notice going on inside you as she blurted that out and then fought back the tears? Anyone have words to what, what that stirred in you? Hold on, it's over here. You're in charge of this. We're, oh, sorry, I walked past you. Okay, she'll take it. Is the octomic on? Hello? There we oh, go. Okay. I just noticed a okay. I noticed a sense of peace that just like washed over your whole countenance. Yeah. Like a coming like a coming home type of a realization. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Yeah. Anyone else? Just what did you notice when she actually said that out loud? sounded confident and brave and earlier I think you know you were unsure and then you kind of lit up and and I think there's a lot more confidence in you than maybe you would give yourself credit for it because it yeah. came out in that in that moment yeah very nice we got one down here kiddo okay it'll come to you you can throw it that's the whole point of having it in a stuffed animal but I yeah. was going to say something really similar, that it just seemed like by naming it, it actually seemed more possible to you. Yeah. Yeah. So now the big question. Oh, one more. <clears throat> There's that scene in Rocky where he's running up the stairs. It's like he's doing all the exercising and eating the eggs and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And he runs up to the top of the stairs and there's that scene where he finally, he's like, and he's, he hasn't won a f fight yet, but he's in that training and he's in, he finally got to a place where he's like, I can do this. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I got the sense of. Yeah, very nice, very nice. So now the big question. Does there happen to be anyone in the room or anyone know anyone that can give 
I forgot. Joan Carroll. JC? JC. JC, direction. Give her ideas. Be a guide for her on how she can take the next steps to apprenticing, getting connected in the maker community, in the artistic community, in any of those things that she can build giant works of public art someday. Is there anyone at all who has any ideas who can give her that direction? We have one right here. Fantastic. Your name, sir? Steve. Steve, this is JC. JC, this is Steve. Would you be willing to have a conversation with her afterwards and share some information and just start a conversation? That's all it takes sometimes. Would that be all right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any questions about this process, about what's going on inside? I think I, I just want to know why it's so hard to say what I want. Yeah. Because it, it just seems impossible. Because if you say it out loud, what does it make you? What kind of person says that they want to make big public artistic displays? What kind of person is that? Who does she think she is? There you go. Who does she think she is? I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything. There's always someone better who can do it, right? Yeah. More, more trained, whatever. Got it. More. So my question for you is, are you willing to make a thousand pieces of really bad art? I mean, terrible stuff. I'm working on it. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm totally working on it. Are you willing to then put that out there to the public so they can see a thousand pieces of really bad art? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Sure. That would be great. Because anything I, I, the thing I think is the ugliest is that thing that somebody falls in love with. And so. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I can't imagine how that happens, but that's how it happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, last question. Um, have you ever read The Artist Way? Have you ever heard of that? No, I've heard of it, but I've never read it. Uh, so I'll give you the title, uh, author. Julia Cameron. Um, it's actually a book that has one of my favorite quotes. Um, um, it's impossible to get better and look good at the same time. <laughs> you want to become a better artist. Mm -hmm. So, do you want to become a better artist or do you want to look good I'd rather be a better artist. Yes. Is it okay if she puts out some really bad art and lets other people in the room know about it on her way to making some amazing sculptures? Would you all be willing to look at that at some point? Do okay. you see their heads nodding? Mm -hmm. Isn't that nice? There you go. There you go. Thank you for being willing to come up here and to risk being seen and put that out there. I can't wait to hear how things turn out. Okay. okay? We've got, this is week three, so week seven. So you got four, four more weeks in there to 
get connected with Steve, get connected to him, get, get whatever that's going to go. And you might not have the public display built by week seven downtown <laughs> by the Mac station. Okay, that might not happen yet, but you might have the first step to get to, to the next place. Okay. All right? Yeah. JC, thank you so much, very, very much. We have these things called mental set points, and you'll bump up against them all the time. Um, I learned the term actually when it comes to weight loss, because a lot of people will go, I weigh this much, I want to weigh this much, but in their head, they can't get past this point. So they go, you know, I'm at 210, I want to be at 170, but I really can't see my past self past 190. And they will hit that every time. They'll hit 190, and then they won't go, they can't get past it. They'll plateau, and that's when their, their mental brain says, that's all I can get to. And it actually takes a ton more effort to get to 189. And then you get steam up going again, and you get rolling and rolling and rolling. And, and all sorts of stuff happens and changes. It's really fun to watch it happen. You guys watched that happen in here week one. For those who were here week one, do you remember the nice lady, Amy, are you here? I don't see her anywhere. Okay. Remember Amy who was going to read her thing and she picked it up and says, I want to read this. I, I can't read this. I'm going to have my husband read it. And she tried, oh, I can't read it. No, I, I really can't. No, go ahead. I'm going to, she got, I, what did I ask her to do? Do you guys remember? Read the first sentence. And after that, what happened? Away she went. She got sentence two, sentence three, sentence four, sentence five. She got the whole thing out. When I was uh, leading a challenge course, we have a thing called the super high, which is a 90-foot tree, beautiful tree, and there's staples all the way up this tree. 90 feet up is pretty stinking high. It is amazing. Um, and I would watch people all the time when they were to climb this thing, we'd give them a little piece of ribbon and we say, pick the staple that you want to get to. And the tree kind of naturally, it was kind of hard to see, but I could tell people almost instantly where they were going to put the ribbon because the tree went up and there was just a little bend right about halfway up and then it kept going. It's actually this visual block that people go, oh, the tree is a little bit wonky right there. And so they would always pick a staple within three or four of that bend. And uh, great, if that's your goal, go for it. And so they'd climb up and they'd get to that staple and it happened every time. They climb up and they touch the staple. Okay, I did, I'm good, can I come down now? And sure, you, yes, you can absolutely come down now. All I'm going to ask you is tie your ribbon on there. But before you do that, before you do that, all I want you to do is, now that you're up there, do you think you can touch the very next staple? It's, it's, only, it's only that high up. Do you think you can reach that next one? And almost every time, the person would take one more step up, and they put their hand on that staple, and I'd say nothing. And then they put their hand on the next staple, and the next staple, and the next staple. And at the top of this 90-foot tree, guess what's, guess what's tied on to the top of this tree? It's like a blooming flower because there's ribbons all around it. Now, there's other ribbons all the way along it, but the majority of them are at the very top of that tree because we've got to get past that set point, that, that line in our head. And it doesn't take a major piece of art to do it. It takes one piece of art. It takes one connection with one person. All we're trying to get you is to the next staple. Get over that set point, and we'll see what happens.
JC, thank you so much. Is there someone else who would be willing, would like the help of the group here to see if you can share with us what that thing is that you want to do? We're going to talk about the objection, and then we'll see if we can get you connected to somebody who knows somebody. Who knows somebody? It's your chance. If not, we're going to be done early tonight. Thank you. Come on up. Tell everyone your name. My name is Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hey. I was thinking that I wanted to achieve something really big, but I decided to take it from a different angle, and I want to feel free and happy. Um, and the thing that is limiting me from that belief is that I have to, feeling that I have to live up to others' expectations of All me. Right. So let's be a little bit more spef- specific on the goal. What does it look like for you to be free and happy? In what area? How do we measure that? Um, to be doing what I want to do professionally and to um, to do, let's see, I think to not care what others think of me and to, hmm. Let's go back to the other hand that you had. What would be a behavior? If you could be free and happy, what's the behavior that you would be doing that would make sure that you are being, you are free and happy? would just be enjoying the outside and enjoying um, all of the things that like my body wants to do <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like um, moving and um, you know all these things like hiking and biking and I don't know exploring so you just listed two main areas that are kind of uh, they're all part of life, but they're kind of different um, skill sets. One is occupation, and one is enjoying the outdoors. We could probably add in their kids. We could add in relationship. We could add in spirituality. We could add in family stuff. We could add, there's all, so many of these categories. If we can't focus on changing all of them at once, which one area would you like to narrow it down to? Are we going to do occupation? Are we going to do recreation? Are we going to do relationship? Are we going to do... We're going to do occupation. Occupation. Okay. So, you want to be free and happy in your occupation. What would that mean for you to be free and happy? Does that mean money? Does that mean you It can means I need to be teaching reading. Oh, so you need, okay, you need to be teaching reading. To whom? Who needs to be learning how to read? People with English as a second language, uh, small children, adults? Um, all of the above. If we, ha- if we can't do all of the above... Um, and by the way, I'm, first I'm, graders, primary. Okay. And I'm going to do a quick time out here real fast. This is what we do a lot of the time, these limiting beliefs. We, we're never allowed to narrow it down and say, this is specifically what I want because we try to keep all of our options open. 
The minute we do that, we never really get good at anything because we never specialize. We can never devote enough time and energy to enough things because we just we're all limited in what we can do. So if we can pick something, we have a greater chance of success at getting good at that one thing so then we can then move on to the next thing. The jack of all trades and master of none kind of applies here. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Lisa, you want to be teaching reading to primary kids. One-on-one. One-on-one, so not in a classroom setting, not as a teacher. You want to be doing it as a a tutoring Mm -hmm. or... um, And I want to get paid at least $30 an hour. And I get paid $30 an hour. That's pretty specific. Very nice. Um, what is keeping you from being able to do that? What is the obstacle that's in the way? I don't know business. You don't know business. So does that mean you want to do this as an entrepreneurial venture, starting your own company, tutoring? Well, I would love to have a brick building like mortar, but I'm told that that's not really the way to go these days, but that's what I would like. Okay, why would you like that? Because I want to be a stable, Uh, resource for people in the community. Okay, so you want to actually, what's more important is is being a stable resource in the community. True. The only way that you've envisioned envisioned that happening is a brick and mortar place somewhere where people can come and kids can learn English. It's true. But you'd be open to... Learn to read. I mean, yeah, learn to read, sorry. And then, but if there are other ways of making that happen where you can get connected with kids, be stable in the community, and... Why do, you want to, why do you want to be invested in reading into the community? What does that do for you? What does that do for the community? Why is that important? I think it frees me because I had a lot of limitations put on me and um, was told very specifically like what not to do when I was trying to like read in high school and whatnot. And I was having a hard time and it just, um, really helped me once I got past that and realized like that what they were saying didn't really matter and I could read out loud if I wanted to if that was the way I was learning and um, and then I just love simplicity and I love phonics and so I want to help kids and phonics got it so the obstacle is is I'm not good at business mm-hmm. do you want to be in business for yourself or do you want to be an employee working for someone else? I want to be in business for myself, and I really want a business card. Why? Because I'll feel important. <laughs> How will a business card make you feel important? Because everybody always asks me for my business card. Wow. All right. Um, have, you been, have you done um, teaching of reading before? Yeah. So you know, you know that part of it. It's just the business part. Completely confident. What would you need? I just need people. What would you need in a, as in way of a guide? Um, somebody to s- do all that for me. <laughs> I need an assistant. <laughs> to do it for you? No, you, to teach me. Or to teach you how to do it? Yeah. I, I need connection, and I need somebody to... Um, I don't know, make it real. Like, like every time I think I'm going to get somewhere with it, 
it can't, you know, the person cancels or something. I just, I need somebody to like make it real for me. Sounds like um, someone who could sit down and help you create a business plan that makes the vision real for you. Mm -hmm. And then you can have an executable steps to take for the next part. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Is there anyone in the room or anyone who knows anyone that knows how to put together a business plan, who can listen to someone who has a dream and a vision and can sit down with her and go, let's figure out how to put this together on paper and actually put together a business card and order a business card. You can get business cards pretty cheap nowadays, even before you have a business, okay? Put Lisa and your phone number on there, reading teacher. Is there anyone who has skill sets around the business side of things, taking something creative and making businessy stuff out of it? Anyone in the room at all? Perfect. We have step one right there. Your name is Sarah. Sarah, this is Lisa. Lisa, this is Sarah. Are you willing Thank to you. talk afterwards and get connected so that you can get that first step done? Very nice. Thank you. Where do you get your business cards printed? Do you? Vista Prints good. Gotprint.com is another really, really good one. I just got a thousand for eighteen bucks plus shipping. So and that superb quality. Okay. There are some people in the room who might have some knowledge on how to get business cards printed, mm -hmm. and then from there, you can start to figure out what to do. Are you going to get your name out through a website? Are you going to get your name out through a connection? Are you gonna, who else can get connected in the educational world? But we can start with a business card. Would that be fun? Mm -hmm. Within a few weeks, you willing to hand out your business cards? I need the business plan. I've had the business card. Okay. I've had the help. Okay. I need something bigger. Okay. Is there anyone else who can go the next? We've got one right here, and we got, there was someone who had their hand up over here. So we got one, two more options. Your name in the back is Becca, and right here is Olive. Aloe, right there. Okay. Okay. Would you be willing to talk to those folks afterwards? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate it. I can't wait to see what happens. <clears throat> What's this feel like, watching people put themselves out there? What's stirring inside you? I know it's stirring inside me. You got it. Anyone want to put words to it? Possibility, yeah, yeah. Hope, I like those two words. Excitement, it's like a movie. We're like, all right, we've just seen the preview. I can't wait till it comes out in three weeks. Let's see what happens with this show. This is gonna be fun. Thank you, we've got two. We've got time for a few more if anyone's interested. Anyone willing to put themselves Thank you so much. Come on up.
Hi. Hi. I'm Paul. I'm Julia. Hi, Julia. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. What do you want to do? Um, I want to put, I want God to be my priority. I want to put God first in my life and to care about what he thinks of me more than what other people think, including what I think of myself. That's a big one. Yeah. How would you measure that? How will you know I am putting God first in all areas of my life? What's um, the behavior you'd be looking at? I think <clears throat> that's where I'm struggling. Okay, that's why we're here. Yeah, I, um, for me, I, I think a bar I've been striving towards and feeling um, like I'm hitting my head against a wall has been just consistent, regular, like, Bible time, because I feel like if I could hear from him regularly and, and engage in that way, like, I would have less of the negative self-talk, and I would be less of an approval addict with, like, other people. Yeah. Yeah. How do you spend time with God currently? By yourself, with other people, going through a program? How do you, how do you connect with God currently? Um, I think I'm in a place where I'm very informational. Like the sermon yesterday was really eye-opening. I realized it's more um, like head knowledge of God than, than heart knowledge, but typically like I come to refuge and I have some awesome home community friends that I hang out with um, once a week and kind of just that sitting in my car thinking, Jesus, like, I want to love you, and I don't. Like, how do I get past this? And I feel like that's just been, like, a prayer that I've had, but I don't put action to it. Got it. To, Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the obstacle? What's the limiting belief or the toxic story that's been keeping you from experiencing God? Sounds like you have knowledge. Yeah. Sounds like you're looking for the experience. Yeah. Um, I think I, I have ex experienced him in the past. I think... Um, I think my limiting belief is that I'm never going to be able to be consistent. I think I, I feel like I'm stuck in this never-ending cycle of feeling really close and, um, like, experiencing God and loving him and then just, like, falling off the track and being really kind of self-focused or, like, mm. um, yeah, like, uh, being distanced from him, and I want to be able to break out of that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. How many people do you let in? How many people know when you are struggling or not feeling <laughs> connected uh, to God? My home community knows. They've been hearing me say it, like, <laughs> every <and> week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, um, and again, that obstacle is I'm not consistent. Is that just in a spiritual matter, or are you oh. inconsistent in other areas? Uh, that in other areas as well. Got it. So yeah. this just makes sense. You might as well include spiritual growth <laughs> as, well, as well as including what other areas do you notice that you're not consistent in? Um, in friendships, uh, at work, I feel like I have moments um, of being really on top of my game, on top of my emails, getting things done on time, and then I get exhausted because mm. I feel like I've been putting all this energy forward and 
I need a break and I slip back and you know same things with friendships same things with cleaning same things with it feels like any habit I try and pick up yeah that can be frustrating isn't it very man how long have you been miss inconsistent um where if we go back to this chart before where do you think that that came from Where's um, the, whose opinion is that? I think th the way I feel now is definitely within the past five years. I think just um, getting out of college and being in my current job, I think that has increased that. Uh, I think the first feeling was like when I was younger though and picking up an instrument being like, yeah, I want to play the violin and like six months later being like, no, that's not going to happen. And like, yeah, I'll play the clarinet. No, and then yeah, I'll play the piano. I feel like anything that I have, I feel like a lot in life that I've um, been initially excited for, I lose steam and I don't continue. Yeah. Are we talking about a belief it feels true or are you convicted? You know for a fact that you are incon inconsistent and that's just probably never going to change. I think when I look at the evidence of my life, it feels like it's moving into a conviction and um, at least in the spiritual sense I feel like convicted that like hey like I feel like God's like I want more from you like or I want more for you and I'm not yeah 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 so if you are living this consistent life that is fully committed and consistent, you will be doing what? Reading your Bible and praying every day, out witnessing, going to Africa. <laughs> I think um, uh, I'm, I have a small vision. Like I think it would be like, like reading my Bible every day and it not feeling like homework or chore. Like um, having that be a time I look forward to instead of a time that I'm like I gotta do this because once I start doing it, then it will feel, you know, like I'll start to grow and I'll start to enjoy it, but yeah. I can't get past that. And a guide will do what for you? What are you looking for in a guide? <clears throat> I don't know, um, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, is there anyone in the room who has wrestled with, who struggled with their spiritual walk, has felt that we already have a hand over here? Two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. Okay. Um, pick the best looking one. I don't know how we to pick after this. Um, this is actually a wonderful problem to have because we have too many guides to pick from. Now, how do we determine who to pick? Anyone want to put some, oh, we have, we have a, okay. I'll just take this one real fast. How do you, how do we pick, sir? Well, I could give a recommendation. Oh, we have a recommendation. Okay, give us a recommendation. This is the Yelp review. This is the Amazon review right here. I would like to recommend my wife who held her hand up because this is kind of her dream to be able to guide and direct people towards God, and especially women, so. Huh. And you think she is capable and competent because? 
She's good at it. She's good at it. You've seen that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. What is your wife's name? Terry. Terry. This is Terry. Terry, this is Julia. Julia, this is Terry. Terry. We have a couple more over here. I'm going to come back here first, and then we'll actually, I'll, yeah. Here you go, sir. I would just, I think there's one thing when you go to a Yelp and you see one review, and so I would give Terry a second review. Okay. And confirm that I think she's amazing, and she, and because I know both of you, I think actually that would be really. Okay. I give it a five star too. Five star review right there. Nicely done. That's coming from the viewers here. <laughs> uh, I have heard, and not experienced yet, but um, of the program Heart Change. And I just recently learned that it's in Oregon City. I thought I had to travel a long way to, to get it. So I would recommend checking into that because it's more about the experiential. Very nice. Here we go. And I'm going to second that. That's why I raised my hand. Yeah. And I know you've talked to me about it before, and I'd love to get coffee with you sometime and talk to you more about it because it really takes your head out of it, and it just makes it a heart experience. That's why they call it heart change. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. So if we were to structure something around this, a program is very, very helpful because it gives you a structure and a format, but then if you have a personal relationship that you cannot come back to and um, someone that can not just be there programmatically but personally with you as well and can understand where you're at on a day-to-day basis, it's the best of both worlds. So if you were to get a guide, you can do a a heart change experience and connect with Terry, who's sitting right over here. Would that be willing to talk to her afterwards? Absolutely. Wonderful. I think that would be a very good. We got two recommendations and two recommendations. You got a lot of five-star reviews right now. Julia, thank you so much. Very nicely done. Isn't this fun? I'm, I think it's a hoot, but I'm weird, so. Um, time for one more. Come on up. Come on up, come on up, come on up. There you go, why don't you come stand over here? Why don't you tell everyone your name? My name is Val. Hi, Paul. Nice to see you. Thank you. Do you notice what you're feeling right now? I'm very nervous. (laughs) Take a deep breath. What's your body doing with that nervousness? My heart is pounding and my knees are shaking. (laughs) Yeah. Our bodies take over sometimes like that, right? What is the thing that you would want? I would like some help learning how to manage my money. Nice. Can you be just a little bit more specific? Do you need help learning how to balance a checkbook? Do you need to learn investing? Do you need to learn budgeting? Do you need, so we got some head nods there. Um, Probably, basically budgeting and how to um, deal with um, the mental changes that I'm going through, um, 
with the reduction in my finances okay. that I have recently experienced. Okay. And what is the obstacle? What is the limiting belief or the toxic story that you are wrestling with? Um, I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable. I'm not a numbers person. It's too hard. It's too complicated. That's a lot. That's a lot. Those are all the scripts that have been running in my head. Really? And how have they been playing out? Are your finances out of control? Are you not having enough money? Are you massively in debt? Are mm. you visiting loan sharks? Are you? N no, I've just never had, I've never had to pay attention. Okay. Um, when I was married, I, my husband made a lot of money, my ex-husband made a lot of money, and I was pretty much in the dark, really, yeah. in terms of that and I just was free to spend as I wished. Yeah. Um, I had a very generous alimony, and so I didn't have to worry. Um, I, made, I made a lot more money than what these girls were even asking for. Mm -hmm. um, but I've recently gone through a, a change in my circumstances. Mm -hmm. So um, it was not quite cut in half. Mm -hmm. And then in 22 months, I will basically be living on Social Security. Wow, those are big, big changes. So it's going to be a huge change. Yeah, yeah. From thousands a month to 1,300. Yeah, those are big, big changes. And those scripts, those limiting beliefs, again, are they a belief or are they a conviction? Are you, conv are you defending that you're not smart enough, that you're not capable enough? P part of it is the fact part where I believe that I'm not smart enough because I've always been told. I've, I've been real strong in all of my verbal skills, but I've done really poorly in math in school, and everybody would just look at me and go, yeah, well, math's not your thing. Oh, yeah, so we have teachers who are just now looking at you going, math's not your thing. Yep. Why even try? That's right. Teachers have a remarkably powerful ability and influence on us to... to script our entire lives. I wonder if they're wrong. Would you like them to be wrong? Yes. Would you like to become a math wizard? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a math wizard. I just want to be able to <laughs> understand um, my, um, what's realistic in the limitations that I have and to, to learn how to you know, focus and change my mind. I, I realized in writing this that I get a lot of pleasure in being able to say, here's a gift, yeah. right? I had the freedom to be able yeah. to buy things for my grandchildren and my, my friends and... Um, That's changing. You know, didn't have to go to the dollar store to buy my greeting cards. I went to Hallmark, That's right? right? So, but now it's all different. Yes. And it doesn't feel very good. Got it. And that's going to start with budgeting. Yes, because I have, to, I have to plan for the eventual really big change in 21 months. Yes. So, and the fact that you're being proactive versus reactive here and not worrying about this at 22 months 
says a lot already about your organizational skills and your responsibility levels. Very nice. Thank you. What would you look for in a guide? Do you want a, 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 a certified a public accountant as a guide? Do you want a tax expert? Do you want, do you know what the characteristics would look like in a guide? I, I want someone who has um, an understanding of how to use money. Okay. And um, I mean, I, you know, I have a guy who does my taxes because I have to pay quarterly taxes on my alimony and all that stuff. But he's not really my friend. Right. Um, and I, I have some money that my I inherited from my dad. Okay. But that's tucked away in California, and I don't, you know, I'm saving that. Shmura. Yeah, okay. So um, okay. I don't really just have anybody that has um, kind of walked that way or. Yeah. So this actually, I'm going to do a quick timeout with you real fast, Val. And this is another real important um, concept when you're picking a guide is you want to pick a guide who lives out their life in what they are guiding you in. So if Yoda can't actually use the force, he shouldn't be teaching Luke how to use the force. Does that make sense? If you're looking for someone who can help you with budgeting and being financially responsible, they should probably be financially responsible themselves. Does that make sense? Those are huge criteria when looking for a guide. There's a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, but if they're not applying that knowledge, um, it might be best to look other places or look for a different guide because you want someone who can apply the lessons that they are going to be offering or guiding you through. So, anyone familiar with budgeting, with financial responsibility, who understands those principles who, and is willing to come alongside Val and say, let's look at the numbers and let's go through this together and put together a plan for you. Anyone feel capable and competent in financial matters? We have one right here. Your name, sir? Real loud. Darren with a D? Darren with a D. Okay, well, hold on one second. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Volunteering your wife for something. That works really good. Yeah, say it again. Um, so, uh, my wife is great at, at uh, she does all of our budgeting. I'm not good at that, but we took Financial Peace University like 10 yes. years ago and yes. it completely set us up for where we are now. Yes. Um, if we didn't, wouldn't have taken that or we wouldn't have, we, we came into that class with no respect for money or what, where we were headed. So, I would say like getting into that class and in that class, you get mentors as yes. well. So um, I, I would love to say my wife could come alongside you and show you that, but that class taught us everything that we know, and it's in a great format. Perfect. Thank you, Darren. Yeah. So even if, what's your wife's name? Andra. Andra? Yeah. Even if Andra can't mentor you personally, 
Um, it's the same principle that we had with Julia here, which is there's an established program, just like Heart Change is an established program, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. You can connect it with that. It teaches you the principles. And you can talk to a person who's been through that and has experienced what that's like and that, what that changes and the peace that comes through that. And even if, again, Andrew doesn't become the mentor, they can connect you with that. I know there's other people in the room who've been, anyone else been through Financial Peace? So we got lots. Would there be thumbs up, thumbs down in general for that? Okay, so lots of thumbs up for that. So we already have a program for this, and there's lots and lots of people that you could talk to. Would anyone who's been through that be willing to give another recommendation or guidance for Val here as she's looking for getting connected with that? For those who put their thumbs up, be willing to just have a conversation with her in some way? Ben's one. Anyone else? We got Terry. We got Todd over here who's willing to do that as well. Okay, so we have Darren. So there's Several people already right here who can get you connected with those things. Does that sound like a good plan, a good place to start? Yes. I've been through Financial Peace University. I can give it a thumbs up as well. So all of you got lots of good reviews here as well. Very nice. Thank you. How's, okay, deep breath for a second. How's your body doing at the moment? Still a little shaky, but it's better. What do you think was the hardest part about coming up here and being willing to talk about this piece. Thank you. Um, having to admit to everybody at my age that I don't know how to do this. That's a big one, isn't it? How many how anyone else in the room is going, I should already know this by now. There's one more, two, nine, 15. Okay, so the room, that's a terrible one. When we just say, at my age, I should already know this one. And that's one of the things that keeps us from admitting it the most in front of other people that we actually need help and we end up staying stuck again. So the fact that you came up here and you are willing to do that and let your body wiggle and shake a little bit in front of everybody, that's a wonderful gift to give people. Val, thank you so much. Thank you. Can't wait to see how it turns out. Perfect. <sighs> Guys, I am so encouraged. I'm so inspired by those who are willing to actually put effort and action. Who are... It's, it's hard to be vulnerable up there. Scary, scary, scary stuff. I know that I'm sitting here looking at these people going, man, I admire you so much. Thank you, everyone who was willing to share tonight and put themselves out there. That is amazing. It's not easy. Not easy at all. Any questions about what this looks like at the moment? Any comments? Anyone want to put words to kind of what's going on after you see people doing this? Again, or any questions? <clears throat> Here you go. This is probably a question. This is probably a question that uh, you wouldn't want to necessarily answer tonight, but I mean, self-sabotage is uh, a big topic and, yes, you know, self-sabotage. Yeah. Perfect. How many of you think you're self-sabotageurs? Oh, lots. 
Any favorite methodologies of self-saboteur-ing-ness? <laughs> Hold on a second, Lisa. Yep. Um, I just had a comment. Um, I, I noticed tonight there was a kind of a three categories that uh, that showed up, and it was God, money, and career. Yep. Those are big ones. Those are big ones. Those are big ones. Lisa, you were going to say? Fear. Fear. Fear of? Yep. There's fear of all categories, but there's actually a bigger one as well. And it goes fear of man. Okay. Fear, you're right. Fear is absolutely true. I love specificity. Did I say that right? Being specific because it gives us actually ability to change it. Fear of failure. Yeah, that's a big, huge one. So we don't like screwing up at all. I thought you were reaching for it. Okay, here you go. Fear of, or? Well, the, the fear, fear of failure means that, um, that you're, you're not lovable. Yeah, the meaning behind failure keeps us stuck a lot. Yeah, you're, if you're held accountable and then you fail, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. stinks, scary. doesn't it? It would be really nice if there was a series on failure that's, that would be available that could kind of walk people through um, how to overcome the fear of failure or how that looks in our life and how it impacts and plays out every once in a while. If any of you are interested, um, that series is called Failure 101. It's on the podcast. It's the very first series I did here eight years ago. Huge theme. Fear of failure is massive, massive. And it gets recycled over and over and over again. Fear of the unknown we always perceive the unknown as more dangerous rather than what's known. Again, you'll hear it, I say it every year, C.S. Lewis's quote, the, we choose a known hell over an unknown heaven. We just, we, we hold on to what we know because we're terrified of what we don't. So, self-sabotage is a great topic we need to tag as well and the specific ways that that happens and then how to overcome that. Hi. Sure, we'll take a question. I just thought you were waving because you're friendly. Here you go. Okay. Yep. I was wondering if um, the way you kind of facilitated with people, if we were to have someone do that for us, like in our life, would it be better to have someone who doesn't know us very well or someone who like is more objective or someone who knows us a little bit? Um... I think there's benefits to both. Um, people who typically know us better oftentimes will ask us leading questions. Um, people who don't know us tend to, lead, or tend to ask more uh, neutral or uh, open-ended questions. So neither one's right or wrong. Um, it's just kind of where do you, what would you benefit the most from? Um, I happen to probably skew a hair towards um, someone who doesn't know me as well because I like fresh perspective. I love getting new eyeballs on a situation and um, I can it, can, it can get my juices flowing a little bit more and get my, my perspectives a little bit broader. Um, 
I have a best friend, his name's Bill, and I can already tell you the questions he would ask me because I've known him for 25 years and I appreciate him greatly and I cherish those interactions, but um, I need that in one half and then I need other people who come at it from a whole different perspective and it's like, huh, I never, never considered that. So it's great to have people who can facilitate these questions and go back and forth. It gets us out of that secrecy that secrecy leads to shame. Shame feeds on secrecy and isolation. Now, what would be great is there's a whole series on shame, okay, that someone did for seven or eight weeks, and it was available online somewhere. It's called Shameless, okay? PaulElmore.com or the iTunes feed. Uh, you can listen to the shame. I think that's the one that I screwed up the recording, and so it was only like four of the seven episodes on there. So anyway, all these themes are tied in. This is the human condition that we're wrestling with together. And again, I am honored to watch people who come up here in front of people for the very first time and be willing to expose some of those things because that's how things change. This is sacred space. Anything in front of this pew is sacred space. This is what is scary up here. Next week, I'm going to ask for some more to come up. I don't want this just to be informational. I truly want people to dig in, to actually try, to risk. So we'll sit quietly, and, and for those who want to do something and see what happens, there's an invitation, not an expectation. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information, please visit paulelmore.com.